Welcome to episode three of the First Lavaca podcast. This is Kimmy Robbins. I was using my best radio voice. Could you tell? Yeah, I, I, yeah thank I felt you. Like that Wait, was pretty. That pretty was accurate. your best. I, oh, what? Let's, let, let's, let's hear like your absolute best. The absolute best. Well, now all I can radio. think of is like a weird voice like this. <laughs> Why would that be better? I don't know. You just go off the um, I'd like to introduce you to our guest today. His name is Brandon Cruz. Yes. He is. I'm back in the house, everybody. He's back. By popular demand. We had so many people call the church office and just cry out to hear it's my voice again. It's been out of control. So cry out. Please. It sounds... Not accurate. <laughs> are we playing two truths and a lie again, yeah. or what are the no. two truths there? I was just saying it was a good time. I'm I saying my. I'm saying my truth. I had a. Okay. Yeah, there is, no, we're not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. We did have a a very good discussion last time, so mm-hmm. let's not we ruin did. that with with that. That's why I saved it for this one. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, last week we did talk about uh, how we as um, Christ followers should deal with toxic people. It was a pretty good conversation. If you haven't heard it, um, go back, listen to episode number two. It was pretty good. Um, this week, though, I feel like we should start with something very deep. Mm-hmm. Bring it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will. Um, I would like to know what you would be if you didn't work at a church. And it could be. What would we the be sky's doing? The limit. Yeah. What would you be doing? Like as a as a job. What do you feel? It could be anything. You don't I even have to myself, actually be good at it. <laughs> I see myself out on a ranch somewhere. Yeah. Training horses. Really? No. I no. Like, I, I wish that that was <laughs> the case. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish that was the case. And then the but dust clouds like, roll over the skies. <laughs> I would bring the horses back, and people would be like, "My horse is worse than we dropped it off." <laughs> So I, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'll mm. think about it. Brandon, what what about you, man? Well, I have a lot of I have a lot of sweet skills. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I've done a lot of different jobs. I could I could see myself managing like a grocery store or something. I worked grocery for a long time, uh, or you know, working some sort of customer service or. Uh, but is that your dream? Is if if it were talking. I mean, dreams I'm is living the dream. Yeah, I'm here. Go, I'm, okay, <laughs> I'm here in First Lavaca of True. Arkansas, uh-huh. um, the fly capital of the world. <laughs> uh, that is true right now. <laughs> um, no, I mean, again, I would, I would say probably like, uh, I love, I love people, and I love working with people, and mm. so it would be some position that I felt like I was making a difference in people's life, even if that means just during a transaction of them buying my product, but I, I mm. feel like I would still be working with people because that's where I find, I just find enjoyment there. I yeah. love interacting with, with other mm-hmm. humans. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something like that. What, what's been, what's been, I want to kind of break off the question if I can for a moment, Kimmy, I'll allow it. what has been your worst <laughs> job? Like what's <laughs> the worst job that you've ever done? 
my worst job. No, have, like, don't for liabilities and all that. Don't, don't actually name the it place. Was at 1912 <laughs> South Park Drive. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I haven't. Go ahead had, and Google that address. <laughs> yeah, make yeah. sure. I really haven't had a lot of jobs. Um, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I started. I started working for Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Florida in high school. Uh, they had a program at our school to where I, instead of going to fourth period, I went to work as. Uh, doing data entry for insurance claims. And then they were paying for my school and I was going into accounting. Uh, That was the plan. And then quit there and started working at Winn-Dixie, which is a grocery store down south, Mm -hmm. keeping it real. Um, And worked off and on there for many years. Uh, Then I worked at a GameStop um, because a buddy of mine in college managed one. And he said, hey, come work for me. You didn't have any stock in it, did you? Not at all. I wish I would have now. Um, (laughs) But he said, hey, come work for me, and I'll pay you the same you were making at Winn-Dixie, but you get to work with video games and stuff. Yeah. So I worked there a couple years, but really throughout all that time, I was working at churches. And so that's really been my only jobs. Um, That's, I guess, that's been my only, like, on paper legal jobs. (laughs) If you don't, I'm just kidding. Like, I'm doing some nefarious things. (laughs) No, I mean, so. Spell nefarious. uh, N E. F nefarious. N E F A I N E F A R I O U S. John, will you fact check him on that? Go, <laughs> go ahead and finish where that you're headed though. Um so anyways, uh I don't know if that's correct, by the way. I was just guessing. Um now we're all waiting. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not gonna spell it. Right. We'll, anyways. Gonna, we'll just say it's right. It's correct, yes. everybody. Anyways. Um so, I mean, certain jobs while I was at those jobs, like certain things at those jobs weren't necessarily fun. Um, so, like, working at a grocery store, you know, you'd have the lady come in with, like, a, she'd get in one of those handicapped uh, riding scooters, um, which nothing wrong with those. Those are great. But y- if you can't legally drive in the world, I don't know if you should be driving anything. And so uh, one day a lady took out a whole pallet of wine and, I mean, knocked it over. And so busted all this wine and it went everywhere. And the smell of alcohol, I don't like the smell of alcohol anyways, but it was just so strong. And she's just like, oh, my bad. And she just drove off. And uh, and then I've had ladies pull out dollar bills from their body and be all sweaty and hand it to me to pay for stuff in Florida. So. We're trying to keep the podcast noise. rating. <laughs> That's why I, I was very general. Um, so very vague in the, in the description. So there's times like that that I'm like, That's not so much fun. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, you just kind of look at those. And you're like, just, this isn't real life, you know. But I've had a lot of those moments in my life. So, give me worst job for you. Ooh. Um, and what would you be doing if you oh, were yeah. in church? Oh yeah, totally changed the narrative of this. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's got me like, curious. Let's, let's talk about the worst honestly, things that's ever Brandon, happened in that, your life. Neither one of those jobs were like terrible, terrible jobs. That's because I was well liked and had a lot of great <laughs> skills. Yeah. So I, I had great job opportunities. Oh yeah. And all of his old bosses are listening right yeah. now. <laughs> hey, I had great bosses. Um, if I could do anything, anything. Well, not just you could do anything, like that you actually could do. Whoa. Trapeze artist. Yeah. I you don't could want to not do that. I'd be an astronaut. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't I, Brandon? Well, maybe you could. If you applied yourself, oh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just kidding. You're so lucky. You're sitting all the way across the yeah. room from me no, right now. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, I would be a musician. Okay. I would be touring. 
And with who? who would you tour with? Or myself. You, you are the headliner. <laughs> I You're the headliner. am the headliner. Nice. So Lauren um, Daigle's following you. Obviously. Okay. I mean, I, I would let her. <laughs> that's, 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 that's very kind, kind of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, or Lauren, if, by the way, if you're listening and that's a dream of yours, <laughs> contact us. We'll make sure that yeah, happens. Yeah, I would be glad to, just, to sit down with your people. <laughs> I mean, my people would be glad to sit down with your people. Yeah. Anyway, um, the worst job I've ever had, <laughs> my very first job, I worked at a music store, actually. Okay. And um, uh, my boss was a really creepy guy. <laughs> And made it incredibly uncomfortable to work there. Mm. Um, Wait, didn't your dad work for Weird Al? Yes. Oh, if you're listening from last week, or if you haven't listened so far, we played Two Truths <laughs> and a Lie. My dad was actually a station manager in college um, at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, and Weird Al was one of his DJs. Hey, so it really so was true, but anyways, sorry. Just yeah, the music. Music has me. music has run through my family. It goes back generations. Um, that and the polka. Weird. Wow. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, that that legitimately was an uncomfortable job. Not my favorite. Yeah. Mm. But I, uh, I can clean a mean saxophone like. Nobody's business. Hmm. Clean or like you mean clean? You mean like literally clean? Like it. literally, I had to go in and clean out all the spitty uh, junk. Uh. <laughs> I didn't know if that's like slang for I can play no. saxophone no. really well. I cannot. Yeah. No, cannot. So, all right. <clears throat> what would you be if you weren't the pastor? I think I would want to be an inventor. I've Ooh. always like I've looked at inventors and I've thought that is so cool that like they get to have a concept up here. And work through it. Have you ever had an idea that you'd like to come to fruition? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't know this was like make up our own (laughs) talents. I I would have changed my. I said sky's the limit. You want to work at a grocery store? I would become Superman. I'd become Superman (laughs) and save people. You're managing a a grocery store. That's what you wanted to do. You said it. You you can't unsay it. I would like to invent. Power, <laughs> like the electricity, you know what? You're just making up stuff. I can tell you my worst jobs without any question because I had a lot of them. Um, oh, dear. I worked cleaning out um, at an animal shelter. So I oh. went in on the weekends and cleaned oh. um, at the animal shelter. Did you it get was, to like interact with the animals? If you wanted to, you could. Oh. Um, Typically, there's a reason why animals are at the animal shelter. I'll oh, just wow. leave that up to your <laughs> imaginations. Um, I also worked food service for a while in the mm. dish room, and that was not enjoyable whatsoever. Mm. I, I could go on. Um, but, <laughs> but if I were to go on, then we wouldn't get to the topic today, which our topic is Bible Belt Christianity. Which doesn't um, tie in. Whatsoever, At all with, with what <laughs> you had to wear a belt about. when you went to work. Yeah. That's well. No, now, that now this true. topic is interesting to me only because I am the only person in this room that did not grow up in the Bible Belt. 
Um, and so moving into Florida. this culture, yeah, Florida is, is Florida not considered the Bible Belt? The very southern tip is not, I don't think. It's weird. Sometimes sometimes on certain maps, Florida's not even considered like in the south. In the United States. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's like, is this make believe fiction or Florida? I mean they're like there's that's the Florida, United that's States us. and then yeah. there's Disney. Maybe World that needs to be a game for next time. <laughs> yeah. it, those games Florida. already exist. Yeah. 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 Fiction or Florida. They're real. Um, in fact, side note, if you just go to Google and Google your birth date, your date of birth, and hit Florida, you will find a ridiculous article of something crazy that happened huh. in Florida. It's a fun game. Huh. There you go. Game. Sorry. So Bible okay, Belt. Okay, so Bible Belt. Well, so I grew up in Washington State and then um, Northern California, mm-hmm. and the culture there um, in church is so vastly different um, from over here. In fact, the reason that this topic came to mind is because I... I was helping lead uh, one of the 7th and 8th grade girls' Sunday school classes, and one of the questions was asking them if they were nervous about sharing their faith in school. Not one of them was nervous about it, (laughs) but the reason is because everybody thinks they're a Christian in this area, for the Mm, most part, or have some uh, relationship, I guess. Not relationship, but that idea. Whereas where I'm from... No, you could not talk about God in school. Mm. No, you mm. would not want to uh, speak about your faith or because nobody was a Christian. Uh, and so it's just, it's an interesting uh, difference to me, I guess. And the question then that I had for them was, does that make it more difficult to reach people for Jesus? And I think the answer can be yes. Yeah. If... If they already feel saved, then where wh- what room does that give you? Yeah. And then what do you do? What do you what do we, what do we do here? I guess to combat that to um, to meet the need where someone doesn't see a need. Yeah, I, I've known a lot of evangelists that have said something to the effect of, "Before we can get people saved, we've got to get them lost," um, mm. because. Especially in the concept. South, um, everybody thinks, well, not everybody, but a, a vast majority mm-hmm. of folks think that, uh, just speaking in generalities, well, grandma went to church, grandpa mm-hmm. went to church, I'm a pretty good person, mom and daddy were good people, they mm-hmm. prayed, and so yeah. because of that, I'm probably just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And so it, it it's that thing of, I don't hate the church, no. and I'm not against it, I may or may not go to it. Yeah. Um, it's almost like I'm an American, I'm a Christian. Like it's it's an identity yeah. and not uh, the relationship. And um, I think I would agree with that up until about the last 10 years. The last mm-hmm. 10 years, if you look at um, kind of the, the studies and the trends that are out um, mm-hmm. – that's shown really um, a lot of that has moved backwards. And hmm. I think, like for me, as we're as we're talking about Bible Belt Christianity, uh, or or just you know where where does that land? Yeah, what do we do? With there it? are a lot of negative things that that are attached to it for mm-hmm. sure, but there were also some very positive things. Right. I think that culturally. Um, like there was a respect towards the things of God, um, right. the Church of Christ, uh, the people of God for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but over the last little bit, um, I, th- I think that as we've said, oh, no, 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 these things are not important or people have jettisoned mm-hmm. some of that Bible Belt philosophy, 
um, it, it really, we've begun to see a decline in the culture, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a breakdown in culture. Do you guys see that or? Yeah. Yeah, I will say I grew up in the Bible Belt, but I didn't grow up going to church. Um, and so I remember when I did get saved and eventually went to went to college and was in seminary, I remember going to a, a Disciple Now weekend, which is a youth weekend. It's a Friday to Sunday. Everybody stays the night in host homes. You break it up into groups. And it was in Alabama. And at that time, it was everybody's a Christian, right? I mean, yeah. it's just you ask the question, yeah, oh, yeah, we're all saved. <laughs> and so I remember I asked, uh, sat down one-on-one with each student in my group and said, are you a Christian? And every single one of them said, yes. And I said, all right, great. Well, tell me how to get saved. And they kind of fumble around a minute. And I said, well, listen, just just tell me what you did to get saved. And, and I can do that if I'm lost. Just tell me how you got saved. And I had a group of, I think, like 15. And it was either 11 or 12 of them got saved that weekend. Wow. They all claimed to be saved. And so I remember Sunday, that Sunday morning, we bab- the church baptized all these kids. And um, one of the things that the youth pastor did was he would say, hey, if you're part of this kid's family, stand up. And he also meant for the group for that weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I just remember that weekend, that Sunday, my group was standing up for like 11, 12 times. And everybody's like, man, what did you do? And I was like, I just asked if, like, I told them to ask, tell me how they got saved. And I came to realize it was just more of, well, you just be a good person, read your Bible. Be moral. That mm-hmm. They're riding the coattails of their, you know, other ge- former generations of their families that probably were saved, mm-hmm. and they just never had been really challenged on what does it really look like to be a follower of Jesus yeah. and to not just go through the motions. I mean, and it makes sense, though, because if you look, I think it was Billy Graham that said, was it 75% of yeah. some... It, like eighty three percent of statistics are made huge. up on the spot. Sure, but, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, Billy Graham. I, I believe it was Billy Graham. He said at the time it was seventy five percent of all the people in churches are lost. Yeah. The ones that sit in the church pews. I think it was seventy five percent. I just can't remember that exact number, but it was high. And that makes sense because again, the more often I have conversations with students, especially one on one, their understanding of salvation. And what I mean by salvation is I mean. A, a born again follower of Jesus. They've given their life to Jesus through mm-hmm. repentance and faith. Um, more often than not, it's a works based, moral, just a morally good person. Mm. And, and they've missed the whole point of Jesus dying on the cross. It's almost what I've got to do rather than what he did. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when you get down to the heart of it, you know, that's why I think that path is very broad. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says there's going to be many on that day that say, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these things? And he's going to say, I didn't know you. And so yeah. depart from me, you know, you, you, you doers of iniquity. And so I think the Bible is great in that we have had some protection even mm-hmm. to be able to go into schools, to be able to speak openly about our faith and not really face some of the persecutions that some other places in America face. And, and even that, I would say, is very minimal persecution compared right. to the rest of the world. Right. But we've had a lot of bubbles that have been surrounded us in, in the Bible Belt. Um, and so there's been great things. But I do feel that that number is dwindling quickly. Mm-hmm. I think that, that comes to the question, where does that leave us um, as far as our ministry here? Not just yeah. for Slovakia, but personally, um, a Christian in the River Valley. Yeah, and I don't think that we take that as a discouragement, even though I think those numbers can be daunting and the thought of it. But how exciting. I think oftentimes we think of the mission field as going mm-hmm. to Africa and, and reaching, you know, 
clothing the unclothed or, you know, whatever, right. like that kind of a thing, feeding the starving children in China. Sure. But really, the, mis- the mission field is here. Yeah, absolutely. We have, we have an incredible opportunity in our own neighborhoods, in our own families um, to speak truth, uh, to live to live Jesus um, in very real and big ways. And that's, that's exciting to me. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, we have opportunities both on Sundays, on Wednesday, like we have ways to invite people in. Um, but I think that it honestly starts right here, right with us um, as individuals in our jobs, yeah. in uh, the way we interact with um, our parents, our kids, our, you know, that, I think that is where um, Jesus, Jesus should start. Yeah. Um, and our mission. Uh, I think as we, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this subject up, considering um, how, how do we, how do we approach knowing that we live in the Bible Belt? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we approach the mission of God right where we're at in the River Valley? Um, I think one of the things that I have been challenged by more and more in the last several months and and really year uh, of ministry is don't don't anticipate that you know where someone's at. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The more that I anticipate that oh well that person saved or that I never get around to asking them about that. Yeah. And so uh, the presumptions I think oftentimes that we make kill the ministry that God has given right to us. I mm. mean He's put it right there in front of yeah. us. And we just presume, oh, well, they're saved or like, mm-hmm. to your point, uh, well, they've told me that they're a Christian. Well, have you gotten to know their story, though? Mm-hmm. Um, because oftentimes, if someone knows that you're a Christian, they're going to want to be able to identify on that level. And so being able to have a good, long conversation about, or a short, great conversation, right. you know, tell me about that. That's awesome. Yeah. How, well, how can I be praying for you? Mm-hmm. Um those, I think the follow-up on that is just as important as the question itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I preached on this a uh, month or so ago now um, about the, I, I think what I see a lot of times, especially in, even in our church here at Lavaca, I think there are many people that go here that are great people, morally great people that call themselves Christians, but that name is just associated with their attendance. And, and and I'm not saying everyone. I think we've got amazing believers that go here. But what I see sometimes that happens in churches is because their definition of salvation, their definition of Christian is being good morally and coming to things when they go out and evangelize or reach those people around them, they're just encouraging them to do those same things. Yeah. And they're perpetuating the cycle of just making people come fill the seats yeah. mm-hmm. when Jesus says, hey, we're called to make disciples. Right. And so that's where I would challenge each and every one of us and those listening is to have those hard conversations. That I don't even know why we call them hard. I should have said that. Heart, just not, heart level conversations. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. just genuine conversations. Because again, even as a pastor, if someone, there's been a few times where somebody come up and said, hey, how's your walk with Jesus? And it caught me off guard because it's not how we have those. We don't normally have those conversations. But in those, there's such challenge and such growth opportunities and, mm-hmm. and room for such change. Um, mm-hmm. So never be fearful to ask somebody, especially if they call themselves a Christian, because the Bible is very clear that we are always to be prepared to give a reason for the hope mm-hmm. that we yeah, have man. within us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't see anything wrong if somebody says, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm like, awesome. Tell me about the time you gave your life to Jesus. That's yeah. an encouraging story. Right. And I don't think it should ever, that should become common 
conversation. Mm -hmm. And I do find the more that I open myself up to that, the more I say those things to people, the more I challenge people, the easier and more natural it becomes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like I'm, oh, I've got to ask this. It just naturally comes up. So. I saw a Facebook post from a friend last night that just said that he had been in a a spiritually dry place. Um, Mm. Said, I've been doing all the right things. I've been going to church, reading my Bible, all those things. But I I just, I felt spiritually dry on the inside for months. And um, he was going to see a a friend um, that's a doctor. And anyways, he ended up praying for the doctor. And then whenever he left there, uh, I think he went to a grocery store or something and was he, he prayed with someone else. And at the end of his post, basically what he said was, I, I, I've been doing all the right things, but my heart hasn't been where the heart of Christ was. I mean, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. wasn't what he said, but that was essentially what he got to. Whenever yeah. I started looking at, rather than looking at myself and where I felt like I was spiritually, he began to look at what can I do for someone else? How can I spur them on in their walk with Christ? And Hmm. so as we close up today, I would just say, man, there's no telling the people that God has encircled you with, the people that are around you, that your story Hmm. can align with theirs. And and you can be that person of influence that gets to step in and have a life-giving conversation that you never will know the depth uh, or the power of. And so, man, as we we close up today, I just want you to know, um, we are thankful that you are a part of this podcast. It's something that we look forward to uh, every every time. Next next week, we will probably have a a new incredible guest. Just keep requesting it. No, next here. week our plan is to have uh, Josh Teague come and speak a little bit with us. Yep. Pretty excited about that. If you haven't met Josh, um, he's one of the the pastors here. Yep. Pretty incredible guy. Be and a great time. Incredible. It's another an, it's, great it's, time. Oh, no, it's it's competition, Brandon. He's all right. Anyway, um, so so join us next week uh, and be a part of this conversation. This is exciting. If you've got any topics that you'd like us to cover or any questions that you have for us, please let us know. We'd love to run over those things yep. and um, get to know you a little bit better as well. Oh, yeah. So have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you soon. Deuces. Thanks for joining us today on the First Lavaca podcast. You can connect with us online at firstlavaca.com. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss out on exciting new content. Have a great week.